Welcome to the Lakeland Sports Guys. We're going to be talking high school football and uh, maybe a little college. We get a little time that's left over. I'm Tom Carroll. We got the coach Dan Spivey sitting beside me and on the phone. And uh, we don't want to call him a sickie, but we're glad that he's at home. But Chris Cox uh, on the mobile phone. Chris, uh, I'm glad you're feeling well enough to come and join us today. I don't realize how hard it is for a country boy. I had to get two squirrels to get up on the trailer here and make, make the phone call to y'all today. So, good thing is a hot roof and they keep their legs turning, but uh, I appreciate being here. Like I said, they're going to give y'all what I got. Trust me. I know Sam's got peanuts and y'all got taste that on close too. Yeah. I'll ten- enjoy that chicken and think about me. Oh, that's right. And we may bring you a plate. I, I, I think we can, we Poe will give us one. We can bring you a plate later on. and That way you won't starve today anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't eat anyway. I appreciate it. Yeah, but it's going to be fun. Touchdown Club tonight, uh, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Come and then the program and everything starts at 7. You got all the coaches from the Lakeless that are going to be there, all 10. And that's going to be some interesting reads right there because we've got some coaches that are new to the area. Um, you know, Bennett being down at 96, coming over from Clinton. He's probably never been to the Greenwood Touchdown Club. Uh, we know Coach Sauer at Dixie. We know he's been there. Um the guy at Warshoals, uh, I think he may have been there. Chris has stayed a time or two. Um, what's his name at Greenwood Christian? I don't think he's really? been there. Now, he may have been there as a player years ago. Don't know. But, yeah, well, he was at Warshoals. I'm sure he's been there. He may have been. And then uh, the guy coming out of McCormick. Uh, I, yeah, don't know if he, I don't know if Collier's ever been or not. He may have. but Try not uh, Trump Thurman guy. So. <laughs> yeah, so we don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what some of these coaches have to say. Uh, if we can find out some information, which they're probably not going to. Uh, <laughs> I don't look for Bennett to say, well, yeah, we've lost Mitchell for the year with a knee injury, but uh, uh, may have. I mean, feel sorry for that young man if it is. That's just a oh, terrible yeah. blow to that team. And we do know that he did injure a knee. Now, what the severity of it is, I can't find out. Yeah, it's real hush <laughs> so hush right if, now. If, if you know, uh, maybe call Coach, I mean, uh, <laughs> Dr. Cathcart down there, we might be able to find out. <laughs> but uh, – Anyway, now, that's a tough loss for that team. You're right. Man. That's a terrible loss. loss. That's a, that's a terrible for this young man that's played and looking for a great senior year out of him. Has a big game. You know, uh, he had three touchdown passes before he was hurt. Uh, kind of led that 96 team to a win. Uh, so I know they're hoping for the best, and, and, and we do too, and we'll be praying for the young man. and. Yeah, the we same thing happened to Dutch Fork, him. I think. They lost yeah. their quarterback when they went down over to Georgia last Saturday. And so. Somerville lost theirs yeah. for other reasons. <laughs> uh, we're not going to even mention those. But, um, yeah, it's been a rough weekend it's for been quarterbacks. It's a rough week for quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, hey, we can find out about the Somerville quarterbacks. That's not hard to find out. Just look in the paper. <laughs> that was just a bonehead play, man. Bonehead play by a really good athlete down there from what I hear. And mm-hmm. so that's, tough. that's a tough loss here, but. I, you know, I, I think I think that uh, the kid and I think that the '96 kid maybe let me say, Sam. Let's just hope it's a a little minor major injury. Let's say that it's something that a couple weeks can rest up, and maybe by the time we get to the bulk of the the region series, he's back to play. But well, yeah, we're, we're just hoping maybe a helmet to the side of the knee, and it was just a, yeah. a bruise, and uh, yeah. 
or a little, <laughs> a little hyperextension, something that will correct itself mm-hmm. in just a, like you say, a couple of weeks. And let's get this young man back out on the field where he deserves to be. Man up there. The next guy up's got to be ready to play quarterback this week. And like I said, we saw a Friday night for, uh, for the other team and they weren't ready for it. And, so 96 to minute, we'll, we'll attest to the fact that you need to get all three of your quarterbacks ripped. Yeah, that's, that's true. All right, well, let's run down the scores real quick, and then we'll get into the games. You guys uh, okay with that? All right. Uh, AC Flora lost to Greenwood. Greenwood at home, 24-23. We'll uh, start off promptly with that game. Lawrence was at home uh, taking on Hillcrest. Uh, they take one on the chin, 55-9. to 96 goes into Emerald. They come away with a one-point win, 28-27. to McCormick uh, goes to Abbeville. The Big A rolling, 65-12. to Salute on the road at Mid-Carolina, 42-10. to Big win for the Tigers. Um, Calhoun Falls uh, travels down to the uh, low country. They take on Blacksburg Hilda. Um, Hilda wins 51 to 6. Dixie uh, got 20 on the board but couldn't outdo Pendleton's 48. Whitmire 28. Ware Shoals 38. And then Greenwood Christian uh, tried to come back. They just fell a little short. Uh, they lose to Northwood Academy 28 to 26. That is there. So there's a rundown of the scores uh, as they stand as of right now. And um, we said it earlier last week that. You know, the 96 Emerald game was going to be the game of the weekend in around our area. You know, Willie thought it was Greenwood and, and uh, Flora. AC Flora, and it, it could have been. <laughs> well, that fourth in, quarter, in a sense, it was. <laughs> the fourth quarter was something else. But let's start with uh, Emerald. Um, they had the induction of their Hall of Fame uh, at halftime. That was there. So congratulations again to uh, Robin Scott, uh, also Casey Sears, and uh, Hunter Riddle. Um, all three inducted into the Hall of Fame. So that's out of the way for them. And now we get to choose who's going to be in there next year. So I'm voting hard for Art Youngblood as possible. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But uh, let's talk about the game because it, it really came down to a mixed extra point. And then with Emerald, they, were, you know, they drove down, scored, did an onside kick, and then got down to the one-yard line. And same thing that, that – Happened last year with 96. It just ball came out, 96 recovered, and a ball game. Well, I, I was talking to one person that was at that game and, and said, uh, he he said, we need to review the film because the, the way that Emerald has their end zones painted, you have the goal line, a little bit of green grass, not much, and then another white line. And – a lot of people say that the guy crossed the goal line, the first white line, before the ball came out. Mm-hmm. And the official may have gotten confused when he hit the second white line and the ball came out. So uh, I feel sure those coaches have reviewed that film more than once. <laughs> and if it was a mistake by the officials, they probably let the high school league know and send them a copy of it so they could see it. Uh, you can't complain I, too I, much. I actually saw but. a copy of that one, but I've seen it twice, and I, I get what you're saying. And to me, though, it looks like the ball is free, but like I said, that was just uh, some of the other guys that, that we know personally that were out there that were right there at the backside yeah. of the end, uh, end zone, and that's probably where they got to take because that's the closest view I've seen. Just another tough way to lose two years in a row. Um, yeah. I know I know Tom's excited about the – he's been waiting to say all week what the 
the big presentation was going to be, and I know you saw the video, but what I want to, I just want to say, Tom, you shared something that I didn't share, wasn't sure if we wanted to share, but you shared the real emotion of Tad DeBose on our, on our, on our site, mm-hmm. uh, telling kids you love them, and it ain't always about the win, it's about the reputation and that you're building as a player. And that's what, God, that's what high school football is about, and that's a leader and a coach right there. Yes, sir. And they will be back. They will be back. Yeah, they got a bye week this week, but they played. I thought they played extremely well. They, you know, the football gods weren't with them at this well, time, but, and, but they were able to come yeah, from behind. Come and, back. And that's and, all. That's always a good sign. Uh, and to lose it that way, it, it's it's heartbreaking. It is uh, for the coaching staff, the players, the fans, everybody. And it'll always be a question in everybody's mind, uh, even if you saw the film. There's going to be somebody that says, yeah. nah, he had it when he came across the goal line. So, yeah. yeah. And Key Holloway. Reviews, you're right. Bro. Yeah. yeah. Key Holloway had a big night as well 150 yards on the ground, uh, 22 carries, also had a passing touchdown to go along with that. And then you look at uh, Foster, and, and he was he was just the workhorse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he ended up tying up the ball game in the first quarter, and, and it, I mean, he did the dirty work. He did. And, uh, but that, but that's the positives that you can take from the game, and I feel sure that whole coaching staff is—they've got more positive coming out of it than negative, and they're gonna—they understand that sometimes bad things happen to good people, and we're just gonna flush this one down the toilet, and we're gonna move forward with our season, and we can still have a great season, guys. Yeah, and Zay King for '96. I mean, he—you <laughs> want to talk about one athlete that probably was the best on the field that night? He did it offensively and defensively. Yeah, yeah, he gave me special defense. Yeah, 70, so. 76 yards, I think he had yeah. offensively, and then some big tackles. Well, and you know, and, and, and but you hate to see that at a at a three A school that you have to have you better players playing both ways. You'd rather have them playing one way so they don't get wore out, so they don't take those extra hits that they end up taking, especially when you have a guy doing what he's doing on the offensive side of the field. But you can't give him up on the defensive side of the field, not yet. I feel sure that coaching staff is working hard to find somebody to bring in there and to give him a little bit of a breather. I'm glad you brought that up. Bring that back up, Stan, when we get to the Greenwood floor game. That was one of their keys to, to us actually probably winning the game the way we did. So, But, uh, yeah, I would hate to be whoever who they play after the bye week. I mean, because they're going to have a really a hard week of practice this week. And they're going to be biting, you know, like like I told you, Tom, they're going to be biting nails like I had to play for Coach Tabose. And that next game is not going to be easy for the opponent, I can tell you that. It's going to be physical. It's going to yeah. be physical, yeah. All right, uh, one of the other games happened across the pond, and that was over at Lawrence. Hillcrest, the Rams come in uh, Friday night, and probably one of the best moments of the game came when they uh, uh, the Raiders ended up winning the coin toss. After that, it was just all Hillcrest that, that came out. Um, Hillcrest had 158 yards rushing with four TDs to the Raiders' 64. Nick Fowler led the Raiders with 37 yards and nine attempts. Um, the Rams also had 146 yards passing with three TDs. Raiders had 49 yards passing, and uh, the Rams also had, what, 14 first downs to the Raiders' six. I mean, they just dominated in every stat. Well, and the one thing we've got to remember with this game is 
Hillcrest is now a 5A school, been a mm-hmm. 5A school for a couple of years now. So they're going to uh, be just bigger in student population. They're going to have more numbers to choose from. Lawrence at one time was a pretty good-sized 4A school, and there still are, but that, there's a lot of difference when you start moving from kind of the middle of the pack of the 4A to the middle of the pack of 5A when you, mm-hmm. when you start talking just – available players, you know, people that you can go walk that these coaches walk in the halls and getting this guy to come out. <laughs> they just have more of them. Yeah, it's, 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 and it's pretty emotional still, I think, for Coach Liner. Yeah. You know, he wants those guys to succeed because he's still got some of those guys playing. that are playing. Yeah. I was surprised by the game because we know how physical Hillcrest can be because we played them, what, two, three years ago. And they, they basically had to change their offense, it seems like, a little bit with the loss of Ben and Judy to college. And now they're running the ball, and they're physical, and they've always been physical and big on that line. This should be a team that we didn't talk about earlier in the year that can compete maybe in 5A upper state. Yeah, they're in that region with uh, T.L. Hanna and that group. So, I mean, it's more competitive it's, than that region, too. Yeah, it's, it's going. they're going to face some – some better quality teams, I feel sure, down the road than what Lawrence was able to give them. But we still have to remember that this is a Lawrence team that will not give up. Now, they're going to come back this week, and they're going to be loaded for bear. They they want to win, and they're not going to just give up because they got trounced in the first game. And this was a kind of a rivalry game with it. But now this week, They've got that cross-county rivalry, which is going to be even bigger than this one when they have the Clinton Red Devils coming into town. I think Clinton goes to them. Yeah, they do. Uh, Clinton goes to Lawrence. So Lawrence District 55 Stadium will be packed Friday night. Yeah, the Red Devils scored, what, six times they had the ball. Um, They led – 43-7 43-7 to seven at half, and then a running clock after the first touchdown in the second, class. Yeah. second half against I mean, Corey Fallon said, you know, I lost a bunch of players, 28-7, 28-8, but I got more <laughs> on the team. And I, that's like we talked about. You don't always go by what a jamboree result is. And, and that, it was kind of what I thought it would happen. I'm going to be honest. I think that Clinton's probably going to be a little more physical than Lawrence. I mean, I, I see this team going pretty far. I mean, this is a really good football team. Quarterback's decent. Running back. Galore is what we'll call Clinton. But, well, uh, they got five that they spread the ball out with last night. Well, he so. got to play a lot of people. Yeah. And so any questions that that coaching staff might have had on who was number two, who was number three, they were able to get some answers because they actual game time, game film, with officials on the field, you know, and Guys, this game counts. <laughs> you know, this is not a scrimmage. This is the real deal. So show me what you got. You yeah, got to give me 110%. And it's going to be different because Lawrence doesn't play that many players both ways, whereas no. Clinton does. And, yeah. and we'll see what happens in the second half. If Lawrence can be physical with them in the first half, it's because you know Clinton's going to be physical. Them down. And, and wear them down. Yeah. Hopefully that Lawrence has enough numbers that their twos and threes are better than Clinton's twos and threes. But. Yeah, well, you got to stop Case and Copeland and yeah. DJ Clark for Clinton, and that's that's better yes, said uh, than done. Yeah, easier <laughs> said than done. You're right, man. Yes, sir. So we'll see. If I don't make touchdown club, I got a question for you to ask Coach Ben. Is is Corey Fountain not good of a football coach to see his rack? That's, that's all I'll say about that whole deal. That's all I'll say about that whole deal because I, I really think Corey Fountain's a real deal. 
he's turned something around at, at Clinton that we hadn't seen in many years. So, I mean, I, I know that's a, that's one of the, the teams that long, I mean, that Emerald does play in their in the region and all. What we thought was going to be a dismal year, that just shows you that the coach has got his players believing, and that JV team is pretty good too. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see where fun they are in, a, in yep. another two years if, the, yep. if they're still as strong. Exactly. In that regard. All right. Um, where Schultz, they surprised everybody. Surprised everybody. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect to see this. 38-28, big win on Friday night over there at Regal Stadium. Don't you know um, that place was – and that train horn they got going off <laughs> over there. Uh, I'm glad we weren't over there right under it getting our eardrums blown out because I guarantee you it was blowing loud and proud. The Regal was a rocking, as, I, yep. as a friend of mine said. It was there at the game, and – I like I told you, there were two names that they talked about in the Greenville News, and one, of course, was Carson Norman. We'll talk about it in a minute, but Justice Lomax was another one. I had to go back and look, and I had to go to where she side to see if the stat was right. They had him at 281 yards rushing in the in the uh, Greenville News, but it was 218 yards rushing with two tights. Yeah, now, he also I had 15 yards yeah. rushing, and who knows what he had with all purpose. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. So I mean, well, unreal <laughs> stats and. Another Lomax kid from up there that we get to keep our eyes on. And, and what a name, Justice. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how he goes. By the way, he got um, uh, an honorable mention, I guess, from the folks at Moving the Chains yeah. as being one of the uh, uh, possible uh, plays or players of the week, I guess you would say. Um, so congrats to him. It's going to be hard to beat that yardage, Yeah, especially right. a, a 1A school like that. The only problem with that now, he's got the target on his back for every school they play. And these 1A schools, you know, you you lose a player like that. And, and we alluded to it a little bit earlier with 96 losing their quarterback, Mitchell. Uh, if this guy goes down, what does the future look like for the rest of the season for where it shows? Mm-hmm. Let's hope and pray he don't. And if the kid keeps putting that kind of yardage up. Well, you know, Chris Dotson, we, we know what yeah. trouble they got in – for the yeah. spring and, and that portion of it. But despite all of that and, and coming in here his first year yep. and to make that kind of a statement early against Whitmire, I don't think they've beaten Whitmire in, what, two, three years? Two or three years. And, um, Whit, you know, I'm not going to say Whitmire. Whitmire's not a pushover, pancake team. You you talk to some of these 1A coaches that have had to play them in the past. These guys come, they want to win just like everybody else. They put points on the board, just not enough of them. Mm-hmm. To me tonight, if I was at touchdown club with y'all, that would be my spotlight coach. I want to shake his hand first because that's phenomenal to get a win first off in your first game there. But also to that programming. And what he's trying to do now is kind of like what Ben is doing in 96, founded it. Clinton, you're trying to resurrect a program that's been down for a couple of years. And that's a big win there. I, mean, I know Stan alluded to it at Howard's on Friday night. That's the first time that's been done in a long, long time. Yep. They they had zero wins last year. <laughs> that won't happen this year. <laughs> they <laughs> they so, you know, they've they already they they've already to. taken that first step forward into building the program to what they want to have up there. Yeah. And I like what they're calling them this year. They're not they're not just the Hornets anymore. They're the fighting hornets. <laughs> <laughs> the fighting hornets. They've yeah. changed their name. By the way, Justin Lomax also does play defense. He had an interception on the night, Friday night as well. So it was almost return for a touchdown. He got, <laughs> Came he close. got tripped going out. A, <laughs> yeah. a weed popper jumped up and got him before he could get the end zone. But you know, great game overall. 
I think the crowd was stunned. And like you say, Whitmire's a team. I can remember back a couple of years ago, Whitmire was pushing them all around. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I think they've got a new coach up there. I mean – I, it's, a, it's a game you want to win, and that, sure. that was a big win for yeah. Warriors. I don't. I haven't seen a new coach I, up there. I don't know. For I sure. have to double check. But that's a lot of country boys up there, so you know they're going to be big and physical. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are. And then you, a lot of the one A schools, even, even um, you know, with my, or, uh, with my Dixie and uh, McCormick, for the most part. Uh, you know, they're in this region that's yeah. going to be you know, a they're suicide be, region. Yeah, they're going to be and beating up on each other. And this, it's going to be a, a battle of attrition. Who can keep their star players healthy for the the whole, well, nine more games? Yeah. You almost want to go back to the COVID where you play the region games first. first yeah. <laughs> the yeah. one's out just so that you have that opportunity. But fa- having where Scholes face Christ Church or St. Joe's, you know, one of those – would be interesting, I think, here early on to see how they would react. Yeah, it would be, especially after getting this big win. Uh, now it's, it's the coach's right. job Very to bring them back down to earth and say, that's just one, guys. That's mm-hmm. behind us. Let's go get the second one. Let's keep <laughs> working. If Christ losing Friday night, that's going to bring them boys back down to reality. Now where we always thought that, you know, that's the reason that we've looked at. That, the three teams in that one with St. Joe's, Southside Christian, and, and like I said, with Christchurch losing the other night, even though they lost to a better team, that's going to make them mad and hungry. But like I said, you got every team in this thing that's going to be playing them, Dixie, Wershold, uh, McCormick, and all these guys, and they get to see them over and over and over again. It's going to be like, wait a minute, deja vu. No, <laughs> it's not deja vu. They did play it earlier. So, um, like I said, great first win for Wershold. And like I said, that sky's the limit now, guys. Keep fighting. Yeah, I'm anxious to see uh, also if where Schultz can resurrect a passing game now that they got a running game to go with it. Yeah. Let's see. Been a while since they had that. Yep. All right, uh, the Hawks, Greenwood Christian, they uh, travel down, take on Northwood Academy, and uh, this one, they had a fight from behind to come back in this one. Uh, a, a, came back from 21. I yeah, 28-7 it was, and then boom, they end up scoring a couple of touchdowns and, and pulled within another missed extra point. Yeah. That seemed to be the kind of the thing with the Lakelands this week, <laughs> miss extra points. But uh, Cade Heaton, he set a new uh, Hawks single-game record for passing TDs at three. He also uh, uh, is the passing leader. He's got, what, 1,402 yards of passing to his name right now. He passed uh, my pickleball uh, opponent in, in uh, Gabe Stumble. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to the punch for that one because that's what I, when I looked on their site, that's the first thing you had that Cade had. Gabe, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, that may be an 11-man football. Because mm-hmm. I believe if we go back to the days that Gaines Adams was there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't – three touchdowns is a lot in one game, I understand well, Throwing touchdowns, yeah. Throwing touchdowns. But even, I think uh, – I can't remember. The, I know the quarterback's name. But, you know, they marched up and down the field on people throwing the ball to games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just so much bigger and taller than everybody else. But, I mean, they may be right. I'm not going to say they're not, but uh, let's get somebody to qualify mm-hmm. that if that's 11-man <laughs> or 9-man. Or 8, yeah. Um, but yeah. Kate had a great receiver in Owen Whittington. I, yeah. I'm wondering if he was the same size kind of as, as uh, maybe. Be. But, uh, you know, those three touchdowns went to uh, Owen. 
Um, he surpasses as well as far as, as another record for per game. He surpasses Ethan Swain. Um, and right now he's, what, 726 career receiving yards to his name for Owen Winnington. That's a lot. So, That's a lot. Yeah, and which tells me he's, what, maybe a junior this year? So he's got this year and next year. Mm, quite possibly, yeah. I'm not sure. And think either. about Tom. About what about your your, your buddy that's at Emerald that was at Greenwood Christian? What's his name? Yeah, Robert Bro or uh, yeah. <laughs> Robert <laughs> Woodard. <he> still there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he, 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 he. I mean, if he was there, he played fullback for the most part when he was at Greenwood Christian and uh, and linebacker. Um, you know, he's got his hands full now over at Emerald trying to earn a spot in this his senior year. So. You know, I did. I we saw know a lot about his team, so yeah. I think we've learned a little bit about him first game. So I'm, I'm, I'm ex- I, there's no quit, and I'm excited to see that in the teams that we have. You know, with uh, uh, Emerald and in '96 coming back, and now you got Greenwood Christian and and uh, Ware Shoals come back for wins. I mean, it's and what sticks out to me, we we all know Greenwood Christian has a new first year coach, young man that played at Greenwood Christian, and with his leadership to come back like they did. Now, they didn't win the ball game, but they didn't give up when they were down 21. They kept fighting, and they got it in there close. And I think with the, I think they went for two to tie it mm-hmm. and was stopped. So, I mean, uh, he's, he's like a guy that might – want to match that long skinny guy on the right and keep it on the floor <laughs> i'm anxious to see what will rooney says uh tonight with his team yeah. and, um his opinions on what they have done the changes that they have made if he'll go into detail with that or not well we, we're gonna see a lot of coach speak you know uh we ain't we ain't got nothing we did <laughs> in the water now <laughs> we can always lose to uh coach it's coach uh not do little at Abbeville. He, that's coach Nichols, yeah. Yeah, Coach yeah, Nichols. Nichols over there with that. We have that there, so. Well, that's, that's the little. So. Well, that's the little Alabama over there in Abbeville, you know. <laughs> that's what all the coaches yeah. around here call them. Yeah, well, let's talk about Abbeville. They roll over the McCormick Chiefs uh, in their season opener. I mean, they didn't just roll over. They just stomped a hole in the mud and, and, and filled it in is pretty much what happened. 65-12, to 12, a blowout. A lot of this, though, happened in the first quarter. Right from the get-go, the Chiefs fumbled on their first. They had four fumbles in the first quarter, first quarter, plus a safety to go along with that. I mean, by halftime, they were deep in a hole. And and you can't, you know, you can't – we saw that last year with the Sandy Creek game late in the first half. We were up. I mean, we were we were right there playing these guys nose for nose, and all of a sudden you put a ball or two on the ground, and the other team's up two scores, and you hadn't even blinked your eye. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get in that big of a hole, it's hard to dig out of it. Yeah, they are. So here's kind of the stats uh, for Abbeville. Uh, as a team, they've rushed the ball 40 times for 268 yards. Um, that's uh, They had one pass for 11 yards. <laughs> To go along with it. It's a one-trick play. (laughs) They only had four penalties. They were three of seven on third down, two of three on fourth down. Um, So a total of 279 total yards they had. Uh, When you look at it there, the PATs were all good, so their special teams showed up, came through there, which we were worried about. So we'll we'll see what happens later in a, um, when they face some of these uh, well Powdersville next week yeah. for one we'll see for uh, McCormick thirty rushes for sixty six yards they had two pass plays for one hundred and forty four yards so a total of what two hundred and four yards and um, they ran thirty two total plays against the Abbeville that ball Panthers. game had to be wow. over with quick 
I and mean, we time, I'm talking just sheer time wise. I mean, we're <laughs> we're leaving the stadium after eleven o'clock, and those boys are probably at home in bed asleep by then. <laughs> They've been to Waffle House. Uh, you know that had the game. That game had to be that quick with those. No more plays run than that. Well, the two big uh, uh, rushers, of course, we know. Uh, you look at Big Al Patterson. He had 12 rushes for 99 yards, two TDs to go along with it. I heard he was just dragging players. I mean, they were four or five folks hanging on him, and he was dragging him another five yards before he finally got tackled. And then uh, Chris mentioned Carson Norman. Eight rushes, 152 yards. He has 44-yard kick return to go along with it, three TDs. So that puts him at 196 yards total. Yeah, total, total. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, maybe I'm just looking over something right now that I, I'm back on the state Russian leaders. By my counts, if Justin Lumas had the 218 in the touchdown, he's third in the state this past weekend in the Russian wow. at Warshall. Devontae Green is at, is at Buford, excuse me, Buford Academy. He had 219. So he would he would be right behind him. And then you got the you got like Darlington, then Sumter comes in. So that that performance by that kid at running back, it's it's all over the it's all over the state now. Everybody sees it now that they better look out for him at running but running the football. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, how they key on him, key on him this yeah. week. But yeah, Benji's always talking about yeah, he's usually home for Stan on Linux show and he's in bed getting ready to go to sleep and I'm like, Man, we're <laughs> we're trying to leave put the bam or where we're playing and we're trying to leave the stadium at that point in time and he's already getting his rest. But he's you know, Benji needs it, he's a busy guy. <laughs> Uh, he is at that. I heard him this morning, and he was talking about how they were listening on their way home to Stan Olenek, and it was going to be a late night. And they, and we had a 45-minute or, a well, about a 15-minute delay, I guess. 15-minute, yeah. yeah. We didn't. We were supposed to start at 7.30, and we didn't get on kickoff till quarter to 8. So, and that wasn't Greenwood's fault. It wasn't the weather's fault. It was A.C. Floor not knowing how to get to Greenwood from Columbia, I guess. <laughs> And got lost. Now, the sheriff deputies from Richland County made it just fine. Yeah, they made it just fine. Now, they didn't bring the TV crew with them, but. All right, we'll get, we'll get into that in a moment. Let's talk about Dixie and Pendleton. Pendleton comes in uh, to take on the Hornets, the Green Hornets, this time around in their season opener here in Week 0, 48-12 being the final in this one. And um, a couple of side notes as to why this was so lopsided. When you look at their quarterback, Luke Gray, at Pendleton, um, he was nearly perfect, 245 yards through the air, 13 of 12, four touchdowns to go along with it, also had a rushing touchdown that was there. And then his wide receiver, Corey Jones, um, five catches for 134 yards and two touchdowns before they finally took those two guys out. That was just spreading the ball out, man. Uh, 3A school versus a 1A school and just showing them. And it doesn't get any easier for Coach Sara and the team this week. They got another 3A school in <clears throat> Crescent. So hopefully they can do a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I think he's doing well. Being just the fact that he was what named coach you know, uh, late May. Well, yeah, it wasn't. Maybe. I mean, that's late. Yeah, in the you know, you rarely have any and time then, to even get he, anything done. Well, you you get named coach, and then the first thing you learn is, oh, we tearing your weight room down. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna build you a new yeah, one. We're by gonna the build way, you but... a new one, but we're gonna tear this one down, so you're not gonna have one for this summer workouts. That'd be you interesting. That's another team that, that had a big win on Friday night. They pulled an upset, in my opinion. So you're right; it doesn't get any easier for them. 
uh, having to play at, at Crescent. I call them Iowa High School all the time, but uh, a big win for them on Friday night against a, a much better team, much bigger school. So, um, looks like they're going to change things around there also. But uh, yeah. one thing about Pillman, that's what we were talking about earlier, and Stan alluded to it when he says, you, you know, they only played them for, you know, this was a game that we knew they were bigger, better, stronger. They're a you know, bigger team, bigger school. No injuries, and that's for the guy to prevent. You go into a game like that, you try to run up on a little old Dixie, and they're not going to quit. One little injury to a knee or a quarterback's arm trying to throw the ball, you know, 100 times, you don't need it in that game, and that's what I'm saying. Props to that coach for pulling them out, and and uh, props for Dixie for hanging in there with them for a little while. But Pillman's a good football team. Mm-hmm. And then you look, yeah, it looks like everything's going to go through uh, uh, Trey Donald as well, so we'll see yeah. how, how that turns out in the – to make the adjustments, and, and they say the biggest improvements from you know game one to game, game two. Game so, yeah, be fun to see. Mm-hmm. All right, Blackville Hilda, they uh, t- got to stay at home and take on Calhoun Falls in this one, fifty-one to six. They beat the Blue Flashes in their Friday night opener to go along with that. And um, you know the the, <laughs> the Flashes, um, they've got a running back in Jamari Norman, and we've seen what he can do in, in the. Uh, jamborees and things of that nature and they pretty much shut him down he only had one touchdown well and the thing about it, though this is uh again <clears throat> the improvement that we're going to see in calhoun falls from week one to week two i think we're going to see a better blocking scheme uh they probably had some young guys up there on that offensive line this is probably the first time they ever played offense and uh We'll see what they do over the year. I think they're going to be they're going to come up in some. They've got a, a few athletes over there now that they may be able to sneak in and surprise a few people, but not black. I think yeah, <laughs> I think there's his his uh, forte is defense, and that's why he's brought in Kelly Bryant to help run the yeah. quarterbacks and help run that offense. So I think you're going to see a little bit from Calvin Falls, and I think you'll see it when they do play the Dixies and the Worst Holes and the McCormicks. And, now, you know, don't sleep on this team. I mean, just because, you know, they got beat pretty you know, handily. None of these teams can sleep on each other because they're all – I'm not going to say any one of them are any better than the other. I mean, they'll wear shoulders sitting at 1-0 and, and the rest of them are, are kind of licking their lips trying to get to get to that one win or get their first win of the season. But uh, this isn't a team I don't think you can sleep on because, you know, like, like we saw two or three years ago when they barely had 11 players to finish the Jamboree, I think they got a lot more working with now than they've had in the past. I want to make mention, too, there was one side note that I had on here uh, with the Clinton Red Devils. We already talked about what uh, they're getting ready to do with with Lawrence next week, and we'll dive a little deeper into it. But this marks their 100th year of football. Football, yeah. And I didn't realize yeah. that until I saw the, 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 you know, the stats, and, and, and that was kind of a little blurb that was down there on the bottom. But you've got to remember, they played three games in 1921, 1922, and in 1923 they had their first full season. It's a lot of football. That's a lot in of a football. small town. <laughs> they came back coast from about 1940 to about 1981, I think. Also, no, um, that's a rich history there. That's what I'm saying, and it means a lot to towns like Clinton. And that's what I'm saying. Where Schultz has always had a decent football team. If you bring a coach in with enthusiastic, and he's going to turn a program around. That's what Corey Fountain's doing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I like what he's doing. He just needs to keep it up. And you know, anytime, any game, I'm for him except for the Emerald game. I'm rooting for the Vikings. There you go. <laughs> we'll there you we'll go. see how it goes. All right. Well, let's talk about the game that we were at Greenwood taking on uh, the preseason number six team in AC Flora uh, coming up to the Bab. Now they did get there what about a half hour late, late. and so the game started about 15 minutes later than it um, was you know supposed to. So it got started at 7:45 to begin with. Um, a lot of folks are saying that this was a statement win by Greenwood with the new offense that was there. Uh, we listened to the interview with Coach Liner after the game that he was up there in WCCP, and he basically came out and said that uh, you know he was real proud of what they had, and they uh, the one statistic that he wished and they need to work on is finishing the ball game. Finishing the ball game, uh, and I think if we talked to him and he was honest with us. Uh, that boneheaded coach made a couple of boneheaded play calls, <laughs> and that's what he's going to tell you. Uh, the fumble on the one-yard line, that's just quarterback center exchange, something that needs to be worked on, but he alluded to that to the point that, you know, with a 14-year-old quarterback, you're going to have some mistakes. And we're, But you couldn't we're, tell he was 14. Yeah. He was. He looked yeah. like a senior out there. Yeah, and, and you look at his stats – you know, for a first time, 14-year-old stepping up on a Friday night in front of a good crowd, really, a, a really good crowd, a lot of pregame talk, a lot of preseason talk about this new offense and what it was going to be able to do. And he pretty much came out and showed them what – gave them a little glimpse of what's to come. Mm-hmm. Well, he he hit on the head though with the fumble. I mean, that that that's the best play call in that situation because it's centered to quarterback, not centered to quarterback and running back. We were expecting yeah. to probably see Roman or, or Tank Gary take it across. So you correct those little mistakes like that, and they will. You got another a yeah. new snapper up there probably this year, and I mean, it's I would rather have been that way than if we tried a, a pitch play and we threw it, you know, twenty yards in the backfield. Um, I'm excited because I have been. I won't say skeptical because I've been wanting to see a kind of a West Coast style offense at Greenwood for a long time. But to be 14 year old, Tristan Lewis certainly doesn't look like he certainly didn't play like it. And I'm excited to see what he can do Friday night. I really am. Yeah, well, he was 6 to 12 for 126 yards. He had that one passing touchdown that uh, went to Adams. Um, running the ball, I think he did really well. His uh, 16 rushes for 55 yards uh, to go along with it. I mean, he was 50% in the passing yeah. department. And. And the, one, a while either. and the long ball to Adams, I mean, Adams never broke stride. It hit him right. And you couldn't uh, – I mean, there are college quarterbacks that wish they could throw the ball that far and be that accurate with it. A <laughs> 50-yard strike thing to that, Jaden The Adams, only man. thing that aggravates me about that, we only ran that play one time. Uh, coach, we threw the ball 50 <laughs> yards in there and scored a touchdown uh, why don't we well, try that one again? Why don't we look at what uh, Tank Gary did? Because 23 rushes for 110 yards. Yeah, How many of those went to the right side in the yeah. C-gap? Well, at one point, we <laughs> mentioned on the air that it's Gene Cathcart down there coaching because we we all remember when Coach Cathcart was here, he would run that uh, belly play through the A-gap, and he might call it six, eight times in a row. He was going to call it till you stopped it, and – Coach Liner did pretty much the same thing. <laughs> and we're like, wait a minute. We're supposed to be throwing the ball. But Tank's going up through there, getting four and five yards of carry. So, you know, it's all positive. 
Yeah, I'm liking it. We're in another good situation where you know you don't just have Tangier. You've got Roman. You've got a bunch of running backs. Yeah. Uh, you got a lot of players like a Caleb Bird that you can move around from every position there is. And we saw that uh, Friday night again. Um, you're going to have those guys like Kamari Griffin's been playing a little bit at the slot. I know he's a defensive guy, but uh, a lot of speed out there. Jay Nows is quick, dude. I like the five step drop and, and, and Coach Adams' D, man. Five step drop and just throw it. Let's see if he can under, overrun the ball, man. Let's see how many ends over about a 90 yard touchdown. I, uh, I believe Tristan Lewis can throw it 60. I really do. And I think you might see that Friday night. Well, and, and we saw the offensive line come out and really perform well. Now they had a little hiccup to start, but after that, I mean, they were right on. Well, Robert here again. I've been from Piontek. You'd be player of the game. But anyway, Piontek had a great game. Well, uh, you not know. Only, not only two goals, but kicking off also. Well, you know, here again, this was the first game. Uh, the coaching staff's been there. A lot of these players have played in a lot of first games, but this was the first time with this new offense. We had a the one thing that I was glad to see of was this year on the defensive side of the ball, we seem to have uh, that old Greenwood attitude of we're coming to hit you and we, we want you to feel it when we hit you. We're not coming just to play patty cake flag football. This is grown man. We gonna hit you football, and it was by more than just one person because we saw some leather being laid, <laughs> as the old saying goes. Yeah, number seven, that poor quarterback. That poor he quarterback was, <laughs> got <laughs> beat up pretty good. And yeah, every time he released the ball, he got hit. Mm-hmm. And we hope that we can DC see. Too, so. And we hope that we can see the same thing this Friday. Although mm-hmm. Coach Liner said this Friday was going to be easier. I'm still trying to figure <laughs> Did that he say out, that in jest or? <laughs> <laughs> it was very much in jest for him because he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't release anything. As you, Tom, Tom will attest, he doesn't tell you anything that he doesn't want to let out of the back. Well, <laughs> I, I think I think we might be able to put him on the spot at touchdown club tonight and say, Coach, uh, with this easy game you got coming up this Friday, are we expecting <laughs> to see anything new come out of us? <laughs> I just hope we can get the roster right. All these jerseys that did not come in, you know, and people playing in jerseys, and we're well, thinking, the players were switching jerseys, jerseys again. Uh, what ended up know, happening? So. They were. Uh, I know we had a seventy-five that was a seventy-four, but they said, "Well, his jersey hadn't come in yet." <laughs> well, that could be one of two things. He's a big boy, and they didn't have a jersey big enough for him. And they had to order one for him, but uh, yeah, Shavias Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big boy there because, like I said, that was Cord Morton last year, so we know how big Cord Morton was. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Cord probably had... took his jersey with him. It's probably <laughs> <what> he <laughs> did. Yeah. Right. So maybe I think you might need to call him. Hey, man, can I get it back for a couple weeks till it comes in? <laughs> uh, but no, it's funny. I, I, now I definitely got to get better, feeling better when I get touchdown club because I got to see Stan talk to coach. <laughs> See if he gets anything else out of him that we did, we can't get, Tom. So, um, uh, he'll, he'll have everybody in that room ready to go fight for him. So. Oh, no doubt. He will, he will. No doubt. So it'll be fun. We'll see what happens this week coming up. Uh, Emerald's got a bye. Greenwood it goes on the road to Sandy Creek, um, and we'll talk – later on about when we're leaving from that game. Uh, the Red Devils are at Lawrence, so, uh, you know, two big games there. Abbeville goes to Powdersville. There's another big game. Um, Where Shoals at 96. That's mm. a big game. 
Uh, see if 96 can stop that running game and, and uh, See which justice. one of those two teams will come out there 2-0. and oh. Yeah. Uh, Rich Springs Mineta is at Saluda. Um, remember, we didn't know if they were going to ever yeah. have a head coach. They finally agreed on appointing uh, one uh, interim. So uh, we'll see how what Rich Springs has. They didn't really have much of a spring practice at all. Dixie is on the road. They go to Crescent, where Shoals, I mentioned, is at 96. McCormick goes to Lincoln County. Oh. Well, it's playing little league. That's that's a tall task for McCormick. Yep. Um, And then Calhoun Falls, they get to host Red Cross or Red Rose City um, Academy, and Northside Christian Academy goes to Greenwood Christian. So, and those last two schools, I know Calhoun Falls and I know Greenwood Christian, but I have never heard of the other two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had to look up Red Rose uh, City Academy, and it's a I couldn't find it. I think it's in Georgia. Is what I think. Well, here, here's the thing. Could be we're coming out to, of Augusta. Yeah. We're going to Tyrone, right? Let me tell you the connection with Sandy Creek. Brad Garvin's so good. I guess y'all broke the news hour that he is not the, the coach there. No, I haven't mentioned um, it to him yet. <laughs> the interesting thing about Tyrone, Georgia, is it's supplied with eighty percent of Peachtree City. Here. Say that one more time. Now, if you know. Peachtree City players. I mean, Peachtree uh, City, Georgia is one of the best yeah. high school areas down there. And, and Tyrone, Georgia has got a cycling coming out of Peachtree City. That's why this team has, has grown so quickly and so rapidly is because of that. Kind of like a Jefferson did in Georgia with Kakar back in the day. They're getting well, players from out of the Atlanta region now. Well, this is They're one really thing. And I, and I heard this today, and I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe y'all can look it up. But this week. Jefferson plays at Wren. Mm. <laughs> now that's going to be Quinn back is coming back to to yeah. to, to Wren. And you got and, the number one linebacker uh, in the yeah. nation who scored five touchdowns, by the way, on offense this yeah. past Friday. So you know uh, that's uh, Wren, but that, the Hurricanes better have their <laughs> have their win machine type. Yeah, Mr. Type Brown's win. coming to town. Yeah. Brown is Sammy Brown. I'm gonna tell you that was his home runs anyway, but that was a home run there. But I, that'd be a good one to go see Sam with Queen coming back and and um, like I said, that was a, just a weird stack. Because I said, where is Tyrone, Georgia? I looked up Sandy Creek, and something pops up is they they share players with Peachtree City, Georgia, and that's Atlanta. And I'm like, no wonder those guys are so quick. You'll actually see how big and, and quick this team is, Tom Carroll, because. This was the one that you missed because of COVID, mm-hmm. and uh, you sent me some filly in Neymar Youngblood I'd never went with before, but uh, uh, he, he, like I said, he's a comp professional. I know why you want to get him pushed into the Hall of Fame, because you go with him if he does. <laughs> <laughs> you get, y'all get to ride in on that tail. I get to take the pictures for y'all, and like I said, he's well-deserving, but I think you're going to get to see some big boys, I'm telling you. Um, I, I was stunned by their size last year, but like I said, Greenwood played their own with them, and I mean, they're not that much better than the Eagles are. I, I'm being honest. So, well, what I'm see, what I'm seeing and what I've heard is that they are big, but they're not that quick. They'll push you around, and and they they do pass protect. But as far as you know, getting around them and 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 finding ways to get to the quarterback or to the runner um, is. It's doable. It's doable. The thing is catching the quarterback and catching the runner, which yeah. are lightning quick. All of their skill positions are fast. Yeah, well, they're, they're a quick team, but I, I'm not worried about our defensive line getting pushed around. I'm not really worried about that because 
you got to push some big boys around now. I know they're used to playing that at those Atlanta-based teams and stuff like Newman and some of the other teams. Um, but I think our boys are going to match up well. And like I said, I think offensive line, I think we played well enough the other night. We're getting a little confidence under our belt that we're going to be able to protect Tristan Lewis. And, and they're going to come after him. They did last year when it was Caleb Burton. And that, that's one of the things that made Sandy Creek dangerous is the fact that they do blitz a lot. And we're going to have to be ready and pick up that. And that's just something that Tom Butler and Zach Norman and those guys, I think they want it. I think they really they want to see you blitz. <laughs> So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I know Adam Z is going to have a good game plan. And like I said, we'll talk more about Sandy Creek. But I, it just blew my mind that they that they get some of their cycling from Peachtree City in Atlanta. So it's a lot about that team. Good deal. Well, uh, that's a look at the Lakelands and what happened on opening weekend. Uh, and I'll call it opening weekend. I'm not yeah. going to call it yeah. week. Week zero, zero. Chris's favorite. <laughs> and I hope the tuition comes true that the high school league decides to move this back to Labor Day when we start. And that way everybody has the same amount of time that they can uh, get out there early in the morning and, and not have to go to school in the process of all of that uh, in order to practice. Oh, well, I, you know, it's – with Greenwood going to this modified year-round school, um, there are going to be inherent problems. And Chris made it through last year, you know, with, with the program. Learned a lot. Learned a lot. Uh, there are going to be two weeks in here where the kids aren't going to be in school, but we're going to be right in the middle of the season. And how do we handle that? How do we deal with how it? We practice with it. So we know what we did last year. Maybe we can do the same this year. Good deal. All right, we're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. Today is Monday, which means the cheeseburger special is uh, in supply. And I, I told uh, Clyde that I would mention him because he did not. He, as soon as I walked in, he said, I forgot you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he did said the same could, thing to me Saturday morning. <laughs> I think he just didn't want to get fired. I, I think how he didn't want Howard to fire him on his Yep. First week or whatever it is. First time working there. But yeah. uh, they got him. They, they're going to get him right. And the, mm-hmm. the rest of the staff does a dynamite job. So come on out to Howard's. Uh, they got the daily specials that go on Monday through Friday. And check them out for uh, uh, your catering. Uh, you've got an event that you want to have here. Upstairs is available as well. Lots of great music throughout the weekends uh, also here. The best live spot in the Lakelands, it has been voted here at Howard's and, on Main. And oh. even though Clyde forgot about us, Miss Caroline came back and she, she saved the day. She saved the day for Clyde, so she fixed us a sandwich, and uh, that's all we needed. That was wonderful. We appreciate that every every Friday night, and we love it. We might have lunch before we leave, guys, on on Friday. I keep thinking Thursday for some reason. But before we get off college time, can we talk about one game that really surprised me? What's that? And that's Greenville and Norman. Yeah. yeah. That that's a game that stunned me in a way because you know I'm always talking about. And I'm big to eat crow, and I mean, it's tough to have to eat it because I'm not a big Greg Porter guy. But I have to shut up one time and say, look, I know Norman's got a different coach in there this year, and they got different players, but they stepped up to the plate, and they smacked Dorman in the mouth. And I haven't seen that done to Dorman in a while. I know it was at Serene Stadium, our favorite place to go to downtown. Um, but that was a shellacking win that I did not see coming. I really thought it would be – Another 31 to about 14 win. Dorman just smack him in the mouth, and boom, we move on. Five A beats 40. But 
you know, we got Dorman coming in and we got Greenville coming in, and that's a game I just what's your what's y'all's opinions of that with with those games looming for the Eagles in a couple, you know? And yeah, three, I, I'm I'm a little concerned of with with Greenville. They used two quarterbacks in order to do that, and they rotated yeah. them in and out based on on possessions. It wasn't oh well, this guy's going to be better at this, this guy's going to be at no, they treated as equals and they had their own possessions throughout uh, the ball game that was down there. Their defense is what sets up their offense. Um, Mateo is great. Uh, the quarterbacks are great, but their defense is the one that gets them. They had two interceptions early in the first half and also a couple of fumble recovers to go along with it. Their defense is a real deal at, at Greenville. Well, <clears throat> this may give Porter just what he needs to get to big head <laughs> and, start, and start overlooking the little – Little things, and when that happens, he's going to somebody's going to hand him a a loss and bring him back down to earth. I think, but uh, Dorman is kind of in that transition phase. I think, and Dorman will get some players out there. There's no doubt, and that coaching staff will. It's good, and and, and and we don't know in these in that first game, and maybe even to this game. How many of them schools were kind of like Chris was last year? We couldn't have practice or we were practicing indoors because of the heat. You know, Chris made the decision this year, we're going to practice at 6 o'clock in the morning. And every player on that team was there ready to practice at 6 o'clock in the morning. Was Dorman doing that or were they waiting trying to the afternoon trying to get practice in? And all of a sudden, oh, it's 92 degrees, kids. we got to go inside. Mm-hmm. You know, what was Porter doing? Was he going at 6 in yeah. the morning or was he going? Uh, a lot of that, let's give both of these teams a couple, two or three weeks and we'll, we'll see. Dorman we've got uh, here in two weeks. Two weeks. we got so Dorman we'll two weeks. So we'll, we'll find out what they are. Yeah. Greenville we don't have till they're the, the ninth game. game of the season. They're the ninth yep. game of the season. So these, you know, a lot is going to change, hopefully for the better for Greenwood because we've got yeah. that time to build and and, and – and get the experience and to and to gel as a team. Whereas Greenville right now, you know they they've got some tough games ahead of them. Still, mm-hmm. uh, they play Westside before we do. Um, so we'll you know we'll see how they do as the season goes. Are they going to be the same even with two quarterbacks? Um, and our injuries going to play a part in all of this. Remember, Mateo got hurt last year yeah. in that Westside game and really didn't play much in the Greenwood game. So it's going to be interesting to see um, you know how that develops well, the later how, the season and how goes. That too- Two quarterback dynamic plays out. Yeah, you know when one's wanting starts wanting the ball time. more than the other. <laughs> you know, I'm smiling now because you know who they play Friday night. They play Atchie, Ohio. Mm, <laughs> yeah. So into the fire now, and then they have they have uh, um, only Burns High School right after that. Both away games for Greenville, so <laughs> that was and a Burns really good win against well. Norman. But now they, oh yeah, now you got two big. Juggernauts with offensive teams coming in, and then you know you got Cutter Woods and and three or four weeks so down the road. So you got a Malden and a JL Man before you play a Westside team that's really good too. So and JL Man's team on the rise. They are, and I mean, I'm smiling now. Where I was eating grill early, I'm I'm on I'm on say let savor the crow real quick for a little (laughs) bit. But I mean, going to Hannah next week, and and we don't know what Till Hannah has either. But um, I think that. I think it was almost something. You know, I think we saw a little bit of the two-quarterback system with Drummond and the, the kid that was there two years ago. You remember, was it last year we saw the two-quarterback system? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all about Mazio Bennett, of course. And then you got uh, Blake Franks on the offensive line, the huge guy. And, I mean, you got players at Greenville, but 
I, I was thrown by the wind, but like I said, it gets no easier for them. So really? they're going to have to really show me they're a great football team now. Yeah, Hannah had a big win. They went to Boylan Springs, won 34-26, to and it wasn't really that close. No. So they'll be ready for Greenville, no doubt. And like I said, there you know, it, we joke about it being, what, 5A, 4A, but there's not a lot of difference between Hannah Westside and those teams. I mean, well, Hannah's not Hannah's not, not a spread offense, though. Hannah's yeah. going to run uh, yeah. that in a phone booth kind of style, that true uh, uh, triple option that they've got. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they Coach Tone, Coach like yeah. The thing is, if, if Greenville gets up big, Hannah may have a hard time coming back. Yep. And that's kind of what we, we saw with, with the Westside game when, when, when they got up in that game there. But uh, that was just a game I wanted to talk to you all about before we got it because I knew Dorman and Greenville both. I forgot we we played Dorman yeah, after Sandy Creek, right? So right, right. right. We'll, we'll see them very early. <laughs> but we'll see them at the buyout. So. so, and we'll see T.L. Hannah here in about four weeks. <laughs> so it, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get the, we'll, we'll get our film on, on Greenville everybody. with yep. everybody they play for the most part early on. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Uh, college-wise, you know, final uh, scrimmages are in the books for the most part. I heard that the scrimmage for USC down in Williams-Brice went extremely well. Coach was very happy in his post-game comments about what he had to say about it. He did comment a little bit, well, we still need some work in our uh, run game portion of it um, as far as the blocking goes. And, uh, you know, not having a true running back for the most part I think is kind of a weakness that is there that he's trying to, uh, I don't want to say, cover up or put smoke around or something of that nature. But, uh, I mean, when you talk to him, oh, yeah, our running game's the best, you know, it's ever been, so on and so forth. So, Well, we've got some running backs that, that were recruited as running backs, but they just don't have the game time. Yeah. And uh, that's that's going to be important. I mean, you've got to get the experience and the game time. And he's unsure, just like we're unsure. So we'll just have to let that one play out. And we'll see. Other than that, yeah. he's saying that you know the defense played extremely physical with mm-hmm. the offense. It's making the offense a lot better. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be fun to see week one what is what's going to happen. Going Are, can that run game be as physical as the uh, passing game we know is going to be with uh, the what twelve or thirteen wide receivers that yeah. they got that are phenomenal. Well, I mean, and, and you're going to be playing a North Carolina team that last year defense was just horrible. Uh, you can expect their defense to be much better this year. So uh, it's going to be important to get that run game going. Um, and, and for the other reasons, it's just to keep Drake May off the, off the field. <laughs> yeah. Even though he lost two of his receivers, he's, I feel sure Mac Brown's got some more receivers up there that can catch the ball. So we're going to see. All right. I'm in tight game, no doubt. Chris, when you look at, did you see any of that, or heard anything about the the scrimmage and what went on? No, no, no. Okay, um, I've just seen the after comments or heard the after comments that he had to the media in that regard. But um, he's real high on the tight end and defensive ends. Those are the two positions that he kept mentioning over and over and over again. And you know, the Gamecocks are loaded with what six, four, six tight ends that <laughs> they can load like that, through. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many they got and, in the transfer and, portal. And it's about like the same way with the edge rushers and the defensive tackles. I mean, we just had one to come in, a grad transfer, 6'5", 275. Yeah, from South Alabama. From from uh, UAB. 
But, uh, I mean. With four years experience. It's yeah, with four <laughs> years of experience. I mean, um, so he's, you know, he's coming in. I mean, I don't if, I don't really consider that a, a portal type guy because he did graduate mm-hmm. last year. He did. And he wanted to play one more year of football. Okay. Bring him on in. We got room in that room to stick another, especially when you're that size. <laughs> and with that experience. With, with Gamecock football this year, is we're going to have a hard time because all of a sudden now, all of our tight ends, receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, how they, how Beamer keeps them from getting a big head is beyond me because Nicole's Harbor, however you say his name, Nicholas Harbor, however you want to say it, they're calling him the best tight end recruit ever to come to the University of South Carolina. Now, he's not a recruit because we paid to get him here, so he's an employee now as well. <laughs> um, so how do you keep a guy like that from getting just his head not even fitting in a helmet right now? That's the biggest problem Beamer is going to have with him. And I think it can be done. I mean, I think that player's got to come in knowing that, you know what, if you want to continue to, you know, get the you know, the money, the stuff you get, you got to play the game. And I think he's not the only one. The, the tight end that we got from Ohio State's a good kid. And we got a lot of really good players that are portal guys that are ready to play right now. That's where I think we, we're going to excel over North Carolina is the fact that we bring in proven athletes. And I, I say it again, we're bringing proven athletes in at a, at a price, but that's just the name of the game of college football now. Much as I hate college football now, that's the name of the game. And we're playing it well. We're going out wherever we need to get a player. We're using Portal Ford. And if we've got enough uh, cash or whatever you want to call it or in the NAL deal to bring them in, uh, the trust company that we got, if we can bring them in, that's what we're doing. And I, that's what I, what I always say. We're at a point now that we're 7-3, and 8-4 and four is not good enough anymore. If you're paying players to play, it's like NFL. Average and mediocre doesn't count anymore for me. And it, and if, if that's what we put on the field, then you're going to see Beamer on the hot seat. I mean, I don't think he is now, but I think you will see him on the hot seat if we don't produce this year. So, but tight end wise, we're loaded. I want some, <laughs> like saying, I want to see some running backs step up and say, hey, hand me the ball. Because <laughs> we got them. We got running backs down there. They're there. They're young, but they're there. And that might be where we get surprised. I think you we may right. get surprised. Everybody's sitting here talking about we don't have running backs. We're running games pitiful, blah, blah, blah. That's <laughs> coach speak. I guarantee you they yeah. got guys down there that can tote the level. They <laughs> wouldn't be there if they wouldn't. It's just I think it's who can. Jordan this year. He's played every position in Carolina since he's been there. We move him to the running back, and I think he's going to be the one that's going to be your speed guy on the outside, your lightning type guy. Uh, DK is is like a team player. He wants to play, and I mean, for us to even not even look at the Karen Jordan and say, "Hey, we don't have a running back." There's your one right there. He played every position at Carolina except tight end. Uh, we we didn't need him at that position, but he would have played if we need him. And those are the guys that I will cheer for, and I will pull for those guys. There. Hey, be real. But uh, like I said, you're going into the game, and and I, you know, I told y'all what I was going to call it. Well, didn't beat me to the punch. It is the. National championship game of NIL quarterbacks. <laughs> I, miss, I missed the punch. They made the money and I didn't. So they got the NIL deal for that. But it's Drake, Wayne, uh, Drake May Spencer Rattler. So, uh, you know, that's what we're looking at. And we'll, like I said, we'll talk more about it. I mean, to me, it's a game I feel like we have to win. I know, I understand you probably don't feel that way, but 
it's a game that North Carolina feels like they have to win. I mean, it's a recruiting matter and all, you know, also, um, if you want to call it that, but I mean, it's a game that both teams are going to pick up recruits from and, and, um, I can see us winning. I can see us losing. I just think with with what we're we're spending out there, we got to win this game. Well, it's going to be fun to watch and see. We'll, we'll dive into it here in a couple of weeks and uh, see what happens as uh, it gets a little bit closer here. But as far as we know now, the scrimmages are done. Now it is all ahead, full speed. Let's you know, let's tighten up, get things well, right. And I think coming out of Clemson, we can jump over to Clemson real quick. I think. Uh, yeah. One of the question marks that a lot of people had, especially after the last two games of last season for Clemson where uh, Rattler and then Tennessee in the bowl game uh, kind of lit the defensive backs up a little bit. And I think there was some concern there. But if you look back at it, that room this year is full. They've got some experience now. They've got some guys that are a year older, a year stronger, the defensive line, linebackers, everybody's calling they're going to be as good as mm-hmm. we've seen at Clemson in a long time. There lies the the next question is this defensive coordinator tends to be a little more conservative than what Venables used to be. Venables was drawing up, you know, he he's going to put the pass rush on you. He's going to blitz somebody every play. And that's this what got guy, a lot of fans upset got, was the giving yeah, up of the big yeah, plays. Big, but now this guy's not doing that as much. And now people are fussing, why don't you blitz him more? Well, that's not his style. I mean, you, you, you've got a new coach now, and you've got, you know, he's got a new system. He don't run the same things Venable does. You've got to allow him to coach his game. And, and we're going to see what that's going to – this is second year, so the kid should be familiar with what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. Yeah, well, he loses Breesy, but he gains Peter Woods. Peter Woods. So, so, you know, <laughs> there, there's not a lot of changeover. But And then you look at the offensive side. I think the offensive side, um, a lot of question marks last year were about receivers. Uh, I think we've, they've got a few better receivers now. Uh, the running backs, we know what they are. Uh, tight ends, I think they've got two great tight ends up there. The offensive line should be solid this year. Uh, still a little bit of questions. You've got a new offense that you're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, Klubnik, the the games that he's played hadn't been the last year, you know, but that's just like we say, you grow from game one to game two. Well, he was a freshman last year. He's a sophomore now. He's been in the program has he adapted to the program? Has he accepted the program? Is he accepting the coaching that he's getting this year where he may not have last year uh, because he knew he was the number two guy mm-hmm. until DJ said, I'm leaving, and all of a sudden he was the number one guy. So, uh, Questions on both teams. And uh, both teams do not have what I would call a cakewalk first game. I mean, Clemson – has to go to Duke. <laughs> you know, not a big stadium, but, I mean, Duke's a program that's been fairly good the last few years. You don't want to go to sleep on them because they will come in and uh, hand you one. But I think with the offensive coaching staff that we have now, last year we was begging him to run the ball. 
I think this. <laughs> I think Garrett will say, "Hey, look, we've got these two guys back here. That's our bread and butter." Well, they got three. They got the yeah. young Thomas guy Thomas that everybody's showing out. Let, let's too. just give them the ball till and, and make somebody show us that they can stop us running it, and then we'll go to throwing it. Well, that's I agree in, with everything you saying just yeah. said, but I'll go back to defense. Wes Galvin's in his, like I said, his second full year. Yep. You're fine there. I just think they ran across two teams in South Carolina and Tennessee that offensively somehow, where it had been all year long for the game, cause I'll never know, but we, we hit our, our clicking year then. And then, like I said, the comparison I heard about K Club, and it came out of Dabo's mouth, is just, I was stunned to hear that that Garrett Riley said that he has potential to be another Max Duggan at Clemson, and that is high high praise there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now that you keep him from getting a big head, is the only, the only thing game. about it, Duggan had I think better receivers than Club is going to have. As now, I'm not going to say receiver for receiver, but the receiving crew at TCU last year, maybe even the year before was better than what Clemson has right now. And part of that, we can go all the way back to COVID. And Jeff Scott leaving, uh, they had a couple of bad recruiting years in there with receivers. And uh, they're starting to try to make that up a little bit now. But uh, let's see what some of those young guys that played last year, see what they can do this year. Should be better. We're hoping they're going to be better. Well, well, I was. It's, 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 it's game on in two weeks. <laughs> we can sit here and question it all we want to, but it's game on in two weeks. Yeah, it is. It's going to be we fun to watch. More. The one thing that I, I and I've tried to find stuff. I've tried to go to practice last week, and that was uh, up at Erskine. And what is going up there? Everything is really hush hush. hush, hush. So uh, you know, it, it's they're practicing in the in the in the mornings, from what I understand now, and. Um, it, it's it's a, a totally redefined team mm-hmm. is what I'm being told by mm-hmm. some of the students that are out there. But now they're getting into what this is year four. This or is their year five. F- well, it's it's their fourth, fourth year, year that they've played. Played, yeah. So we ought to start seeing some things coming out of that program now. We ought to having to start a new program. I think we can give the coaching staff a little more leeway. But, uh, you, Coach, you should have your stuff in place now. You had four years, four recruiting classes. Uh, let's see who we got, who we can get in. And more so than that is when we get the players in, can we keep them here? But that's, you know, to Chris's point, that's a mute. I mean, you get a kid up there at Erskine, and all of a sudden he's showing out. He's going to join the portal. He's going to go somewhere else. But that's just the state. That's just the state that college football's in this day and time. It is, and it's just, I'm not into – like, I'm telling you, I'm very close to just shutting college football totally down for me and just say, hey, man, I'm an NFL guy now because I know what's on the board. I don't know what's on the board with the college. but It's just I the mini NFL. Saying, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to to a certain extent, I mean, is is Shaq boy not on the hot seat at Erskine? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. I, it's going to take you four or five years to get your program built. I mean, he had to start from scratch with nothing, and he still doesn't have a home field. Yeah, 
I mean, he doesn't uh, have that. And really, until he gets that, he's got some other facilities over there that are really nice. But when he goes out here recruiting high school athletes, and he's going up against Bobby Lamb at Anderson, and they they neck and neck for the same player. The only thing Bobby's got to do is say, "Here's our home field." <laughs> yeah, we we don't have to travel do you, to go do play. You, do you want to go play in a high school stadium that you've been playing in all your life? Yeah. And that's my point. You you brought the one guy out that I will say, the reason I think that that eventually, not if not this year, next year he will be on the hot seat. Is because of what Bobby Lamb will do at Anderson. Not if and hands it will he do it. He's a, he's a program builder. I think going against a coach like that and having him right up the street from you is dangerous for a guy like Chapoy. And I think it, it's, it's almost that you've got to win now because Bobby's going to win. I, yeah. I have no doubt about that. He's going to win. And he's going to be the one that's going to put the pressure on you and possibly your job. Now, he doesn't want to come to Anderson. I'm not saying that he plays shape or form. No. I'm just saying – Coach, you got some players out there. You've got some. You got some really good Lakeland players that I look forward to being able to see play this year. And uh, you got state players, and I think that's the best way to build your program. And like I said, he's lost two players to Coastal, uh, mm-hmm. and there again, that could have been something to do with a little bit of money in your pocket, or or a, or a pizza deal with Marcos. And you still got me hungry for Marcos, Tom Carroll. <laughs> after the game the other night, but like I said, I'm excited for Erskine football. Um, the hush hush time though, it's been there. I mean, as far as like going up and getting programs just aren't like they used to be. Like, I mean, back in the day, I mean, Dabble don't mind telling you what's going on with his team, and but up there, they'd rather you sneak in the bushes and me and you start putting a putting a camera out, a deer camera, which I got one if you want to do it. We'll put it on on the field house itself if you want, and we'll just start filming the practices and stuff and going over there. If they don't give us anything, we'll sit in the bushes. No, I just want to get a roster. That's all I'm There you go. <laughs> I didn't take you long enough on four uh, AC floors, so let's hope that doesn't take that long. You don't have to worry about this this week, correct? No, nope, nope. we've got it. We're good to go this week. Uh, well, we just got to get a new uh, Greenwood roster and make sure our numbers are correct. We'll get that. Well, like I said, I know, I, when, I, when I heard what happened with, with zero, I know Miss Beverly could have blown a gasket, but anyway, <laughs> y'all got through it. You got it. Uh, but we, unless we give Ty Patterson zero saying, I, I just say let's leave zero off that roster. There you go. <laughs> Let Ty Patterson have 27. It's, it's so fixed now. The program is fixed okay. now, so we don't have to worry about that. Okay, we'll get it. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank the good staff here at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. They're getting ready for happy hour. Uh, beer ads in the building. 31 degrees for the beer house of right now. It's coldest awesome. in Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Loving that. So awesome. c- come on by, see the good staff. They're here every day for breakfast. I know Stan's here for breakfast as well, so you can come and enjoy that. Uh, stay through lunch. And if you've got an event or maybe you want to feed your lunch crew at their place, uh, Howard can do all that as well. Just give them a call. He loves Takeda. He does that. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris, get better. Yep. We look forward to seeing you again on Thursday, my friend. Y'all don't forget yes, Greenwood Touchdown try, Club to tonight. Get, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, say, don't forget to tell him about that. Taste. I'm trying to get better for the club, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm loading up on my money AD and everything else, buddy, so I'm loading down trying to get better. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris, get that chicken tonight. Y'all get that chicken. Will do. Yeah. Chris Cox joining us. That's Dan Spivey. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.